first time, you were a little apprehensive. Right. And, and also, since we've, since we've talked, you've gone off and done a bunch of straight plays and a musical, and, and, I, went, musical. and I went off and did another opera. Well, right. since, since, yeah. since we last saw one another. But so. you've, done, you've done musicals before, or not? Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. Is it different? I think it is different. I think, I mean, I meant it when I said if it's in that sort of sense of it being an extreme sport, that the performers, they're juggling a whole different level of just, you know, like actually what your body has to complete is so extreme. So I feel like that's one thing is the kind of attention to caretaking, mm -hmm. you know, and to that's it's just a very different even the schedule just basically. And, and you're fun. preserving you're preserving the, the vocal yeah. thing in a way that musicals don't necessarily have to do because of amplification. Because of oh, amplification, right. 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 And, and, that, and that's important because the staging in musicals you can have people flying up and down and dancing over right. here and pussy popping on the floor and then but with this you have to you know <laughs> she has to come down I mean, it's, down. It's like one of the one of the challenges is you know, finding real, true, authentic life in it and life force in it and not, and also, and real expressivity and movement and without, make, without challenging the singers in the wrong way physically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's one of, that's sort of a unique challenge. I, I've, I had an incredible experience on this in our last workshop where one of the singers, we had done all this table work which is a real luxury because of the way you guys have created the schedule. Actually, we were... can you explain what it is? Because opera people don't know what table work is. <laughs> right. So in table work, you basically sit at a table and you really chunk it down to talk through, you know, motivations, needs, objectives, really basic sort of character analysis. And this is the first time in my entire career in opera that we did this, huh. that's ever been done. Yeah. And this is the first time for everybody in the cast. And this is so interesting, well, I think, and I think this is something that's funny about, about a lot of opera, not, not all opera, but a lot of opera, I can't, like for instance, if you were doing table work for like Partenope, mm -hmm. I can't imagine that would be very interesting. Because <laughs> I think, cause I think in, in a lot of cases too, like maybe this is my incredibly simplistic reading, but I think, you know, it's, it's not stock characters, but it's like it, it it's it's more like fairy tale style motivation. Iconic. It's like right, it's right. iconic motivations where it's like and she loved him so hard. Right. That she had to, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like and she was so alone. <laughs> and it, and it, and for, and for me, I mean, it, it, you know, this is the, writing something this complicated. Yeah. Almost, it never would have occurred to me. To do, to do it without the kind of table work that you, you really? have to really. Oh, I mean, it's so emotionally complicated. And, and, the and thing, if we, had, if we hadn't, we never would have uncovered all that weird thing with, this, with them being sisters. You, know, you learn something right, more right, about the process. Right, and, right. and it, is, it isn't, these are not our lives. So there's also a lot of research to do to kind of just even find a worm, a very personal, individuated wormhole for each singer into this right. story. And um, there, so there was one singer. In the when we did the final sing through last time, or I can't remember if it was the final one, but one of the sing throughs after a lot of table work, and she cried at a certain point because you know, and it, it, it there's a it's really dripping in grief the piece. I mean, and and then a kind of courage to pass through that grief and find you know. Right. Kind of gain power, and from it's it. so not the kind of grief also that you find always in opera. It's not. It's not nineteenth century Italian grief where it's like, and he went off to war, right. and maybe he died. And no, it's, a like present. A it's like a It's a new it's real. Right. It's real. Yeah. It's, it's so real. But the but she was very upset. You know, she was like, "How am I going to do this? Now I'm so moved by the material, <laughs> yeah. and but I literally can't cry, mm -hmm. or I can't create the sound that you need me to create. Right. You know, so it was, it's a very interesting. I mean. 
from an actor's point of view in a straight play, that would just never occur to somebody, mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. That's sort of, I often get actresses walking into auditions and they, 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 like, the tears start immediately. I'm like, I don't care if you can cry! Yeah, right. Stop crying! <laughs> I love when they roll into the audition in tears. That's awesome. <laughs> they're, already, they're already there. So, I mean, but it was a big lesson, you know, and what I, what I said to her was that I, I think you're finding, you're touching the actual experience of the character. That's information that you can always have, and you will learn how to incorporate that into the exigencies of what you actually physically have to do and how to calibrate it so that it doesn't overwhelm you in the wrong way. But it does seem incredibly useful, especially in a piece this delicate and complicated, emotionally complicated, that they, so I mean, I'm imagining that it's a lot of the staging is gonna be led by that, by that sort of, you know, what is the absolute deepest emotional truth that in a way, one of the surprises when we started to stage it, for me, was how much it's about stillness and that the unusual thing here is motion, mm. you know, and that these are, if, mm. if, if this thing about, that the, what's valued in this culture is obedience, you know, and it's a kind of obsessive obedience, like as obsessive, um, the obsessive nature of fundamentalism, you know, that they're sort of keep sweet, keep sweet, keep sweet, these ideas of kind of how you need to behave and that it's a very, there's a very strict definition for that. And that if, that this piece explores like when the voice gets individua individuated right. which we see at the that. very, very beginning. Which we see yes. at the very, right, exactly. When I was actually gonna ask, yeah, ask you just to yeah, yeah. quickly change is, is, is one of the things that happens in this piece is that, you know, there, there are a lot of very typical operatic vocal lines. And there's also a whole kind of, subset of material that comes out of a like more experimental vocal tradition mm -hmm. with especially with the obsessive material like the keep right. sweets which which for me comes comes pretty explicitly out of like Meredith Monk and out of out of you know like Joan LaBarbera and sort of the, yeah. the 60s stuff and and devotional music navigate between those two kind, kinds of vocal music. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, for, well the, the only issue, I mean, I love it, is for them, especially the aleatoric stuff, where they're obsessively saying things in their own rhythms. Rhythm. Actually, this right. came up yesterday in rehearsal. Um, at one place where everything was getting really agitated, they all were talking really, really fast and uh, obsessively, they're saying the same things and ideally at different times. And they were doing this, but they were all fast. So what was coming out was sort of like Morse code. Mm -hmm. right? And it was really sort of wild cool. And they said, but is this right? Because Nico wants, had said he wanted everyone doing different tempi. I said, I don't know. And right. I said, but as long as you'd say it in the way that you would say it, mm -hmm. and then, and then it'll be we'll right. see how, it'll, yeah. then it will be right, exactly. Um, but then from a practical standpoint, everyone is concerned in places like that. Will I change my note on time? Because right. I'm getting so caught up in my own world. But sometimes right. vocal stuff is a problem. Singers often, when they trill, for example, mm -hmm. they lose count. There's something right. about trilling that sort of overtakes your whole body, and you don't know what. So whenever anybody's trilling, they, and I'm conducting, they sort of look at me to know when to stop because something happens. Right. I don't know. You can't trill and count at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. So this aleatoric stuff is like that. But the other stuff is more. 
I think what's interest, what's so interesting is what, what, what you were saying, Rebecca. It's all individuated, but opera singers are not used to having their characters being quite so repressed mm -hmm. and repressive, repressive yeah. and that's a little hard, I think. Right. No, it is, and it's even, I mean, when we started stage, real rough draft staging, the impulse was, well, you have to have movement, you know, like where, what, we, it can't be still. And we sort of weren't, you know, adding this, adding a, adding a physical score to it felt completely untrue. Mm -hmm. And that it is, it's like the pot is boiling over, but it, the lid is on. Right. You know, and then like, and those moments where the lid pops off, they're the kind of shocking ones, but they are people who are, they, these are, especially the women, they are trained in repression and in the repression of, feeling and so when feeling kind of like bursts out of the thing it's incredibly raw and vulnerable and strange Do you know it's new so there so I but I it is it's I think it's an incredibly powerful um, place from which to begin do you know is that like that if you're and it feels like it is guided totally by the music if you're what is, what is valued is kind of stepping in sync with everybody else in perfect obedience and in sweetness. And then when you kind of can't, those moments of inability to do that are where the drama starts to really crackle. And yeah, it's right, exactly. I got a question for you. When, <clears throat> when I'm working with singers and they're singing something, I don't know, say Dido's Lament, where they have to be absolutely still, they're always concerned Will this be boring for the audience? Right. Will read and I. My answer always is: If you have an inner life, it won't yeah, be boring. Right, exactly. We will see it. But the question is: With these women, these characters, of course, they have an inner life. Or has that been so repressed too that they're right. that they're blank? I don't think that's in the score or the. No, it's not. I think in the it's score. it's that they, they are they are struggling mm. to keep that under wraps to keep their sort of really burning, right. strange personal needs and longings and lonelinesses and, you know, that they're trying so, it's about that struggle to repress it, but that it's constantly sort of bubbling to the surface and out in weird ways. But I don't, I don't, I mean, even when you look at like the Good Morning America interviews of these women right after the raid in Texas. They all, they're all different. They're all different. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they, have, they have trained their voices to sound exactly the same. Right, you know, and it's really. But even, but even in that, you see these. I mean, and this yeah. is this is when it gets into a weird sort of, you know, directorial gestures. But it's like, in, in the, if you look at interviews of these women on, on, on TV, they're yeah, they, they, they do these strange hand gestures, or, yeah. or they'll sort of be one of them is you know, staring at that rock on the ground. I mean, it's really there's these these little details that that you know, and and this is something that I I tried not to encode too hard into the music like that. To the weirdness of it, mm -hmm. like it, cause, because that that I felt like had to be reserved for the staging, and also you know the the question too is like does you know what's the I mean what something that's weird about opera and, and special about opera is that em emotional content usually is is tracked to the kind of volume and and right. pitch of right. it. so basically it's like if you're making an emotional map of an hmm. aria and you, and you're making a you know, also a like 
what note and how loud is it map of the aria, those two will be pretty, pretty close. It'll be, or it'll be something like, you know, the old road and the interstate. Like, it, they're, you know, well, the out an outburst is an outburst. An outburst is an outburst, exactly. But in, in this, you get kind of both, right? Where right. You, you, get a, you get a much more subtle, I mean, you know, the, in, and again, this comes from my, my awareness of two very different vocal traditions, one being the, the operatic one, but the other being, you know, in, in the world of sort of the experimental music in, in the 60s, or in the world of, for instance, plain chant, um, or in the world of, of, of you know, of 16th century vocal music, you did you know you didn't necessarily get these these structural maps for when sort of the climax should be. And instead, you know, sometimes sometimes the most moving moments are the quietest, and sometimes the most mm -hmm. moving moments are these weird kind of struck these weird kind of turns of phrase. And so you you end up with 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 this score. Some things. I mean, for instance, Ruth's. Mm -hmm. Ruth's second act aria. You know, the most moving thing is actually kind of the end when it's like absolutely when it's yeah. in this crazy transition space, uh. which is not a traditional operatic trope, right? Because normally what, what you do is you build it up, you build it up, and you give her a mad scene, right? Basically. Exactly. And then you bring in all the gongs, and then she comes <laughs> in, and then she you know, throws herself off the cliff, whatever. Right. Exactly. But this on one, a high C. On a high C. Exactly. <laughs> and this one, it's this a low G. It's a low G. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so, which is a which is a funny thing. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and because she does have high notes before, she's like, "Take me to my babies." That's that's right. one point. But the other point is even crazier mm -hmm. at, at the end. So that this has been something that I've that I've been excited to see how you'll. Now, and this is a strange. This is a strange first opera. <laughs> this is moving off topic for a second, but you said something that interests me because, is there a relationship between repression and plain song? For me, like, like there there are lots of forms of. I, I, I let's say not not repression, but like emotional unavailability. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and for me, sometimes you know, like for I mean, an example is like if you buy a Hallmark card for sympathy. Hmm? Yeah, that to me is like a very emotional, emotionally unavailable mm -hmm. idea. Like when, and you you go, you know, walk down the Dwayne Reed, and it's like these these enormous cards with kind of flocked flowers, <laughs> and saying you know, in deepest condolence, and you think, oh my god, like, and 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 for me, a lot of a lot of vocal music occupies that emotional space, uh -huh. where it's like, I I under I understand the kind of like lifetime TV gesture of sympathy mm -hmm. but I wonder you know and and, and and for me sometimes the you know sometimes the simplest thing is just the words I'm sorry for your loss you know you know right. in, a, in a in a very simple page or whatever and that to me is more like a plain chant I see Do you see what I'm saying but, but in other cases in other times it's it's different I don't know it, but and so how about all these keep sweets it's that is that about the repression or is that I guess we talked about this in rehearsal sometimes it's about them ordering themselves, ordering each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. It often, I feel like it often comes where they feel like they're at risk of acting out or of expressing something that's dangerous in this world. Or if the prophet says to them, you know, everybody, we need to kind of pull ourselves in, remember, you know, obedience, get back on track, that it's often, that because, in a way, you do have to like always find positive actions to play, positive need, and mm. that they are tr that for them that is a really positive choice to go to remind themselves right. this is the path to you know to glory. And it's I mean I think it means different things for like for instance when Zion is saying it she's saying it as a kind of minatory right. like, command right when she's saying it it's not like calm down calm down she's she's like you. Get in line, right? Whereas Almera probably, when she says it, she is basically sweet. She's basically a sweet person, maybe. You know, and so, so for her, she's she's. And Eliza says it because she's trying. She wants to do it, but can't. Right. Exactly. And I would think, like with with Almera, 
Elmira and Eliza, the relationship is so interesting and complicated. Wait, wait you know, till you see that there's a new. <laughs> <laughs> but that Almera may also be really in those moments I feel like there is something where she's trying to grab hold of Eliza you know stay with me and get to heaven together hold my hand and right. stay sweet keep sweet with me with right. And that's, right and hers is a generous keep sweet yeah that, and that's the, yeah that's sort of what I meant Whereas right. for, for her it comes kind of naturally and she's and she's like you know, helping herself before helping others. It is what's plane. incredible in the music where you think where it's this like these this experience of voices melding and in a sense they really are having the same, passing through the same experience. But then in this incredible and like incredible detail and nuance, you realize that each of them are individuated. Mm. Ex extraordinarily individuated. And in but in these like quiet, muffled, strange ways often. And then the bursting out of like, when there's a real, like Eliza's voice coming through in the beginning, suddenly you go like, whoa, that's somebody who can't, no matter how hard she tries, her voice just can't merge with right. the others. And this actually came from the very first libretto that I saw before he'd, I mean, we've, how many iterations have we had? You know, eight, 10, 12 or something. But remember when they all had, um, they all had different color names? Oh, right. It was like, oh, right. Pews, Pews <laughs> yeah. you know. but all the characters were so individuated from the very, huh. very beginning. It was so interesting. Yeah, he and I had a whole map about how that was going to work. Hmm. I mean, that was that was something that we had. We we built it complicated and then made it simpler. Right. As as we went along. And what was the genesis? How did that how did that happen? Well, we knew, uh, the genesis actually was actually looking at that that Larry King show, where they're all in these sort of color coded dresses, and it, and it looks you know it looks like kind of a children's thing where it's you're you're going to remember mm -hmm. which one is which by by what the what the color is. Oh. You know, <clears throat> but it's very, we, we basically just thought, you know, how are we, especially because it's so many women's voices, you don't have a natural distinction of like, well, that's a dude and that's not a dude, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and, and it's, you know, we're, we're working in a kind of, in a, in, a, in a very focused group of six high voices. I mean, and mm -hmm. they're different, they're all different, yeah, but yeah. it's, but you know, to, to a lot of, it, there's only so much you can do musically unless they really have different motivations right for, for singing you know because the, the range between between all of them is you know a couple octaves and it's two two octaves and change actually when we had auditions this is really interesting because Stephen would say oh this this woman she's this character and but then Nico would say yeah but She's a mezzo, and that character is yeah, right. Coratura. Right. So that exactly. You know, That's, well, that, right. But but sometimes you know, and sometimes there was there was sort of there was sort of some overlap. And and you know, the, the other I was just to say one of the things that was really fun about the auditions is that the ones that I liked, I I um I had them all sing a, just a really simple hymn. I had my sight read a hymn. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that night? I was like, that to me was like. That will that will get to the heart of this. If they can do that and, and imbue it with a little something, right. like then then I had them do like low hair rose or blooming or something. Oh, yeah. It was that's really revealing. It was it's so revealing. Just to add, just throw yeah. someone at him and be like four fifty seven. Let's go. We're an F. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I played with them. I played all crazy. You know, just <laughs> <laughs> but the process has been so interesting. Every every step of the way and enlightening for me both with each step of the libretto, then each step of the mm -hmm. music, and, and... And then the orchestration, of course. The orchestration, the oh my god, wait till you hear the orchestrations mm -hmm. have changed, have they've got even more colors mm -hmm. than 